0: Great and a solemn occasion, and a very special day to remember and recognize those that paid the ultimate sacrifice, and it means a lot to us too because Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice for not just us but for all generations, for all generations and so this morning also to recognize the Anzacs as we as we do and as we have keep that in your mind because you know they they did do an amazing thing amazing things around the world they went to a different theater so to speak a theater of war which they never expected it was um it was They thought it was an adventure. Lots of them were farmhands. The Australian light horse took their own horses. And out of 600 and something horses, only one horse came back to Australia. The sacrifice goes beyond. But for freedom, and there are things that are worth fighting for. And that's why God sent Jesus. Because there are things and people that are worth fighting for and dying for. And rising from the dead for again and again. And so I'm so excited. Here we go. I'm excited, okay, because we're looking at set apart. Because Jesus came and he has done something supernatural. And we can be in this place today. And I really believe God's going to touch you today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's my favorite word. I yell it out in the truck. People coming in the truck, and you see them, they start waving off, and I go, hallelujah. And I think they're trying to read my lips. It's like, see you in church. And then they they go past. So I'm preaching to them as they're coming. We're on the same track, but they're going to turn around and follow. But we are doing a series on Set Apart. And um, I have to admit, I I really love this slide. When I first seen this last week, it just, it spoke to me not like, hi, oh, I'm a slide, but it spoke to me because there's two different sides, isn't there, two halves. The first half is black and white. When you look at a black and white photograph, you tend to see two-dimensional, but you see lots of detail. But the second half is in color. And so our lives before Jesus, they can be like the black and white of our life. But when Jesus comes in, he brings color. He brings definition. He sets us apart. He gives us a hope and a direction and a destiny. And so this morning, uh, by way of introduction, I'm going to read a definition of being set apart because it will help me as well. A definition from the uh, Macmillan Dictionary, which is probably about the seventh on the list of dictionaries. <laughs> um, being set apart means to make someone or something special or different to make someone or something different and special or to keep something separate to use for a particular purpose to use for a particular purpose we have a desperate need for people to be different to be set apart clear-cut Christianity clear-cut followers of Jesus, we have been called to be set apart. We do not need to resemble the world. We do not need to follow the trends of the path of least resistance, but we need to stand up stand firm, stand strong, stand on God's word, stand for what is right, stand for the truth, stand for justice, stand for the answer, stand for the way of life that Jesus has led us into. We are called to be set apart. We go from a not-so-clear picture that has lots of grainy, dark sides into a very clear picture, a hope and a future. Jesus came and gave us life, and that life is abundant life. We can look at the Anzacs, and we can uh, look in a historical sense, and we can look at them, and when we mention that term Anzac, which stands for Australian New Zealand Army Corps, we are led with sacrifice, courage, mateship fellowship they set the standard they raised the bar whenever a country goes through things they look for what's the standard here australians and new zealanders always go back to remember the anzacs we remember the anzacs because of their sacrifice in against incredible odds they overcame they stood firm even when it looked like this is pointless they stood their ground You know, remember, they were majority volunteers. Country boys, um, all the the nurses, the medical staff, all of these, they went and they were on the front lines. War does not play by rules. And this was their very first sobering impact and um, their invitation that they first seen what war was really like. So this morning... I have one scripture that I'm going to go from. Of course, I'll have many others in here. But this is our main scripture, Psalm chapter 4, verse 3. I love, I love psalms because you can sing them. And so here's a classic, Psalm chapter 4, verse 3. And the Bible says, But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is Yeah, When I call to him set apart for God. We have been called to be set apart for God, for his will, for his purpose, for his kingdom, for his destiny, for his plan for your life, for everything that he wants to show us, to lead us into, to give us for us to experience and to help us grow. Even in the midst of turmoil, we have been set apart for him I like this scripture Psalm uh, 4 verse 3 because this is about King David and this is quite a tumultuous time for King David he was a very famous king everyone knows or may have heard of King David, he's the one that killed Goliath, he's the one that chucked that stone and hit Goliath square between the eyeballs, got him bang and he went down but it didn't start there. It started because he was, he set himself apart. He was tending his father's sheep. He was defending his father's sheep from the lions and bears. Oh my! He was defending them. He was out there and he had the strength to stand firm. He was set apart. King David is having to deal at this particular time with his eldest son Absalom. Not because he was trying to work out how to spell his name, but because this son of his was trying to take over his kingdom. And so trying to take the kingdom from him. But David is the one who was anointed to be king. No one else. King David. He took it from Saul because Saul was a very naughty boy. He didn't obey. But King David, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And so because of his heart, it's all about the heart. It's about your heart. Keep your heart. Watch your heart. Guard your heart. That's why the Bible talks about, um, in Ephesians, about um, the breastplate of righteousness. When we talk about um, protecting the issues of our heart, because we want to protect it, we need to stand firm. But David is the anointed king of Israel. And at this time, he's going through this tumultuous time. And he says, But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly, and the Lord will hear when I call to him. King David knew that he... Sorry, point one is, uh, what does it mean to, to be set apart? I apologize, I can't read my own writing. I made it bigger, thinking, who wrote this? That's right. What does it mean to be set apart, and what should it look like? But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. So King David was set apart many years beforehand. When the prophet Samuel came to anoint the future king of Israel after King Saul's failures and he was out in the pastures tending his father's flocks. He wasn't considered even by his own father to be of any significance, by his worldly father to be of any significance, just one of the boys. And that's why he didn't call the boy David in when the prophet arrived. Sometimes we think we can be passed by, that we can be missed. Pastor Ian gave a great illustration of the two teams. Who's ever been in that situation where they, right? we need two captains, and then they start picking players for the team? Only one? Thank you. (laughs) I've been there a few times, Yes. And, and, you know, and there's all this dialogue that comes out, the two captains, and, of course, that's the two with the most sporting prowess. We'll take you, and, then, and we'll take you. And then we, and it, and the crowd starts to narrow down, and they're looking at abilities and strengths on the outside. Then it starts to narrow down, you get to the final three. And this is where you know that you're in that group that no one really considers that you have much to offer. And when they say stuff like, I'll tell you what, you take those three, but we'll have a goal head start. You go, hang on a minute. I, I know stuff. I can kick a ball. And so isn't it funny how that's how the world looks at you. That's how, that's how the world wants to judge you or, or try to define you. Something changed, though, I used to do little athletics, and not that I was very good at it, but you would get these little tickets that you could sew onto your tracksuit to say your times. I ran 100 meters in this time. So this next time, I wore my tracksuit that had all these badges sewn onto it, and I got picked first. That was still pretty bad, but I got picked first. Isn't it funny how the world will pick because what they think? But God chooses on what he knows. God chooses because he sees us as what we can be and as what we are, not what we used to be. The Bible says he's chucked that into the sea of forgetfulness. It's gone. You have a brand new start. And I was really stirred about this because I was thinking, well, hang on a minute. How old was David when he was anointed by Samuel? So David was around 15 years old, approximately, when Samuel anointed him to be king in the midst of his brothers. In the midst of his brothers. Imagine the conversation after, like, What? So to be set apart means God chose us specifically for his glory. God chose David specifically for his glory. The church has been set apart to be holy as God is holy and to tell the world what, uh, that God, through Jesus Christ, called them out of darkness and into his marvellous light. As a Christian, as a follower of Jesus... We are set apart to show the great and marvelous love that God has for us to live a life that is holy before God. You know, we might be the only example of a follower of Jesus that some people will ever meet. And so the right there, we are meant to be ambassadors. We come before them as a representative of the kingdom of heaven, I represent the kingdom of heaven and uh, you have your badge and you're there. You're meant to come as a representative, come as an ambassador. That's what it is. You have certain rights. You have certain uh, things that you're allowed to do, certain things that are at your disposal. We are called to be ambassadors and not embarrassers. <laughs> ambassadors and not embarrassers. Sometimes some can be not the best <laughs> And we see that in the world, and it can be the same. But God is in control. So we are called to manifest what God has done both in our lives and like a megaphone, proclaim the good news. So to be an ambassador for Christ, to be an example of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Be an example. That means if you get a sticker that says honk if you love Jesus and you put it on your car, remember that you've put that sticker on your car because people will test you. They will be honking just to see whether you're going to wave. That's right. I will leave it there. (laughs) Don't set yourself up. But we have to follow Jesus because he is the truth way in the life. And you know, for us to represent our captain and our king in our workplace, in our community, within our family, it can be challenging at times because sometimes people want to press buttons. Sometimes people want to see if you really believe what you say you believe. And the reason why they give you that hardest time is because they don't have the answers. They don't have the hope in their heart. And so they're testing you to see whether you really believe what you say you believe, because that's where the proof is. The proof is a changed life, your changed life. They can't explain it. They can't work it out. They don't understand how such a radical change can take place. Had no hope, now have hope. Used to be addicted to this, now no longer addicted. Used to be like this, and now you're like that. They can't work it out. Ephesians 2.10 says that you are... His workmanship. You are his workmanship. You have been formed for him. He has created you. He's he's taken some time. He hasn't just slapped you together, (laughs) chucked you out. He's put some time and effort into this. Because even to look at the human body, it's it's a miracle. How every single cell it replaces itself how the brain sends messages to various organs to to work and to do different things all while we were sleeping and awake your brain's always going we need to be a good example to all men and women with with our conduct and our responses no longer reacting but rather responding in love this means living a life that is not conformed to the ways of this world, but standing out and standing up. We should be easily recognisable with our clear-cut Christianity. Not being the uh, silent, quiet, secretive, where people start asking questions, there's something different about you. I can't put my finger are you a vegetarian? No, no, no don't make them guess give them a clear cut example of what a follower of Jesus is it brings me right back to the the thought of the Levites because the Levites ministered in the house of God and you know they stood out the tribe of Levi they were the only ones that could wear jeans ah you know that one hey very good (laughs) they stood out Romans twelve two And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed. Don't let the world tell you how to act. Don't let um, uh, bow down to peer group pressure because, uh, oh, well, you're not allowed to say that anymore. But you are transformed by the renewing of your mind because we need to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Guess what? God is our trump card. He always comes through. He always, but always comes through. He will give you the very words to speak. And so being set apart should look like this. We must live holy lives to be set apart in a good way. If you are a follower of Jesus, you should think differently. Give forgiveness rather than judgment. Give, nah, give him a break. Let's Come on, don't just sit and get on their tail. Act differently and live your life differently. We must have time set apart for God as well. We don't just, I'm going to do all these things for God and leave God out of it. It'd be like getting into a car that doesn't have a steering wheel. Where are we going? We can't take the first corner. we must first have time set apart for God. Our lives can be busy and there is always something that demands our attention. For example, work, family, finances and our daily hassles. Things that take our attention. When we recognise these things, we need to purposefully take stock and bring God back into the picture. It's just... Just stop and have a look at where you are. So when you go out to the beach and you're, they say, swim between the flags, if you don't keep an eye on where the flags are, you can start to drift or you can get caught in a rip or you move down somewhere else. So you've got to always try to keep yourself in the midst of those two points. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 one fifteen sorry, yep, yeah. it says, but he, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy, now, don't take that to the extreme, right, where you you go into the shops and okay, I'm holy, keep your distance, please, i 'm holy, you know it's not meant to be like that, right, it's not meant to be. I don't need to listen to this. Your problem, keep it to yourself. I have not time for this. I've got other things of more pressing importance to take care of. No, but what it's saying is that your conduct, it's your thoughts, your speech, it's, it's being a listening rather and, and responding rather than reacting. 1 Thessalonians 4 7 says, For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. God has called us to be holy. He's called us to be something that in our own strength we can't be. We can't be. You know, you can have a bad hair day. How about that? You can have a real bad hair day. You think, well, You're looking pretty good before we get to the house. Then the wind goes, Whoosh. and then your comb over goes the other way. You think, oh, all right, out. There goes that look. No one's going to take me seriously. And so the whole thing is that you have to desire to walk and in a posture that is steadfast, that is purposeful, that is also deliberate in choices. So I'd like to say to you this morning that God has set you apart, not set you aside. He has set you apart, not set you aside aside. Because in the second part, and I'll read Psalm 4.3 again, it says, says, but, uh, but know that the Lord has set apart for himself, him who is godly, and then listen to this, the Lord will hear when I call to him. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Put yourself in that. The Lord will hear when you call to him. He will hear you. He, in the midst of keeping the planets from smacking into each other and the sunrise going up too early or that tide washing back too quick and, and the bird that doesn't get the early worm, in, in, in the midst of keeping all of those things and, and working all of those amazing things out, when you call, God goes, huh? He hears. He hears. And it's not like, oh, well, I'm busy over here. No, no, no. You have his full attention because you have been set apart. And I have to say it because this is where we can all say hallelujah. And it's one of my favorite words, because the Lord will hear when I call him. The King of kings, the Lord of lords will hear me when I call him. He will hear when you call him. We come to the altar. We cry out to Jesus. He hears us. We're in our workplace. We're having a hard time. We need Jesus to move. Lord Jesus, will you help me with this? He hears you. He doesn't just hear you and go, that's great. I heard that. Have a good day. No, he starts to put things in motion. He starts to work on your heart. Thought, start to drop into your mind. Scripture comes to remembrance. I am an overcomer in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We start to feel strong. We start to build ourselves up in faith. We start to build ourselves up, not in our own ability, but in the God-given ability through Christ Jesus that is victorious, that has resurrection power, that is able to defeat every fiery dart, that is able to go above and beyond and further than ever before in victory in Jesus' name. He won't just hear me. He'll incline his ear to me and he'll move things out of the way for me to move forward in the direction that he's called me and that he's called you. He has called you to an amazing adventure. He has called you to a great destiny. He has called you to an amazing plan that has your name on it. It is your plan. It is your life. It is your destiny. It is something that you have to do. This is your mission. Should you decide to accept it, it's not going to blow up in your hands. It's right there for you. It's right there for you. You just need to step into it. Open the envelope. What has God got for me? He's got it. It's in his book, his book. We call it the Bible. It's filled with words that are living and pure and there's a heartbeat and there's a line of life that comes from his throne unto his own because we have been set apart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, mighty God. Hallelujah. You will have God's undivided attention he so wants to hear from you you might think oh this is not really a big issue maybe i shouldn't annoy god with this one bring it to him bring it to him and then listen we come and we talk to him i'm not talking about a phone call to heaven right not talking about, oh, what number is it again? 777, 777. Seven, seven. <laughs> we're not talking about that. I'm not talking about a raised voice as if we're at the footy cheering on our team. I'm talking about a genuine, deliberate conversation to get God involved. It's like you're sitting at a table and you're just chatting. Jesus sat with the, with the disciples many times did many places just sat and they discussed things he listened they listened he gave direction it sunk in you know one conversation sometimes it takes us a while for things to sink in but when it does and we are talking with Jesus it's life-changing and how do we talk to God we talk to God in prayer we talk to God it's a personal conversation you have his attention Psalm 34 verse 17 says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. Not some, not most, but all of their troubles. 1 John five fourteen says this, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Oh, wow. He hears us. We're talking about the creator of the universe. We're talking about him who spoke the worlds into existence. He hears us. He hears you this morning. He sees you and he hears you. You know those things that are in the depths of your heart that you think, I can't really voice it. I can't really put it into words. God knows. He knows. Come before him at the altar. Come before him in your place of prayer. Come before him and be still and wait on him. There's an old song that says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. When people set you aside. God sets you apart. You are not alone. Even if they mock you while they're in a group, that's just what people do when they're afraid or don't understand. Don't take it to heart. Don't take it personal. Take it as, you know, is victory coming. Because they're starting to think about these things. God's on their heart. Remember that God has set you apart to be light in your workplace, the hope that they long for. You represent the king of kings, and they see that. You've come from having no identity, wandering through life to fit in without belonging, and now you have identity because he set you apart. No longer, you're only living for the present or only seeing as far as the grave. You are now no longer a dash between two dates. Time is irrelevant because you are calling upon the eternal God. He can stop the sun, he can make a day stop in your Bible. Made a day go longer, they won the battle. You have a brand new identity a belonging and a purpose. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I have a question for you this morning. What is it that you need to do less of to experience more of God in your life? What is it that you need to do less of to experience more of God in your life? You see, to be set apart, we need to set apart time with God. We need to set apart a priority time to be with God. There's an old song, another old song. I know lots of old songs. This one was called Refresh My Heart. It's a worship song, such a beautiful song. I won't sing it, I will read it. Refresh my heart, Lord. Renew my love. Pour your spirit into my soul. Refresh my heart. Now, wait for this. You set me apart, Lord, to make me new. By your Spirit, you lift me up, Lord. Refresh my heart. Let that be your prayer today. Let that be the cry of your heart today. Because God has set you apart for a specific purpose. The first and most important purpose and decision is to come to Jesus. The most important decision you will ever make is coming to Jesus with a repentant heart, repentance of sin and asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and living for him. We have been set apart for a specific purpose. We have been, the purpose is to be a witness or a testimony for Jesus who gave the ultimate sacrifice upon the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago, that same blood that he poured out for us that very day, that same blood that was shed for you and for me on Calvary's hill, that very same blood has exactly the same power then and today. It is the same. One drop, one drop will bring freedom, brings forgiveness, brings healing, will set you free. God has set you apart. We can go back to King David as we come to a close. We can also say that King David's cries were most definitely heard by God and also answered as he did return as king. He did, came back As king. And it's from the line of David that Jesus comes. So we know what set apart is and what it looks like. You have been set apart this morning and not set aside. We have been called to be godly, then the Lord will hear us. You have not been overlooked. You have not been pushed aside. When the world sets you aside, God sets you apart. Just like the children of Israel as they're coming out of Egypt, they've been in slavery for 400 years and they're coming out. And it's interesting that the Bible says, here come the armies of the Lord. Hang on a minute. They were slaves for 400 years. They don't have an army. But God doesn't see as man sees. God sees as God sees. He calls it as it is. That's the truth. They've seen themselves as, oh, I'm trapped. I'm a, I'm a slave. We can sometimes walk through our lives and still hold on to things of the past as a slave to sin, as a slave to our hurts and, and pains. But God doesn't see you as that. You are now the army of the Lord. He's set you apart, He's leading you out. You have a battle to fight in, He's strengthening you. And He will do something brand new in your life if you will listen to Him and if you will cry out to Him. He is in control. Set apart. set apart amen if we could have every head bowed and every eye closed just for a just for a small amount of time there's a very important part where just to show you that god really does love you he cares desperately desperately You know, today we have observed and recognized Anzac Day as well as a series on being set apart. And we have a few things to consider. The sacrifice that was made by the Anzacs that we would have our way of life today. But also, and above that, is the sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave because he gave himself for us 2,000 years ago. He went to Calvary's cross. He went straight there and he gave his life as a ransom for us because it's our sin that separated us in relationship from God. But through Jesus Christ's obedience in going to the cross and in being crucified, dying on the cross, and rising from the dead, we now have a hope that goes beyond the grave. We now have a hope and a destiny for the future if we put our trust and our faith in Jesus. And so this morning... If you haven't ever put your trust and your faith in Jesus, but this morning, even as I have said that, that your heart is racing, that's a decision today that you can make. And your life will be radically changed. You can know that your sin will be forgiven. You can know that you will make heaven your home. And most importantly, you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, just so that I, I can see that and I will keep you in my mind for prayer as well, just please lift your hand this morning. And I'll see your hand and we can pray a prayer of faith. Anyone at all. Maybe you once walked with Jesus. Maybe your heart has gone cold, but he's drawing you back now. Just lift your hand this morning. And I'll see that. You know, God sees that. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you for your honesty. You can put that down. Thank you. And another one. Thank you. The Spirit of God is moving this morning. If your heart is racing, lift your hand. It's to Jesus. Amen. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and it starts from today as well. You can start afresh. My final call, if that's you, and you want to come into a right relationship with Jesus, lift your hand as these other brave souls have done as well this morning. Amen. Let's stand this morning. We're going to pray a prayer of faith and leading in relationship back to Jesus. I will pray it and I will ask you to copy what I say, but you mean it in your heart. And by faith, Jesus is going to touch you this morning. And maybe you wanted to raise your hand this morning. You know what? That's okay. But you can pray this and mean it this morning. And God can still touch your life. It's still valid. And I would love to see you after the service and encourage you. Because it's such an amazing adventure. But we need to pray this this morning. So repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe... That you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and my Saviour in your name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good this morning. If you've prayed that for the first time, whether you lifted your hand or not, if you prayed that and meant it from your heart, right now, there's an angel who's just written <laughs> your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's a party going on in heaven. It's like there's like cheers. There's amazing worship because the message of the gospel never returns void. It brings hope. It brings healing. It brings life. And so this morning, once again, at the end of the service, those that lifted their hands, I'd love to just catch you at the front. Don't run away. I'm not scary. And we'll meet. Just want to encourage you on your decision for Christ. Set aside we're not, but set apart we are. God is in control. Amen.